What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 107, here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It is uh, a weird, weird kind of day. You have all of these emotions. You have promotions. You have relegations. You have people storming the pitch. You have Champions League football for the first time. You have records. When all is said and done, we just went through what? A whole lot of football. And I can't wait to do it all over again. I, you know, most people are tired at the end of a season. I'm ready for another whole season, man. But uh, this was a dizzying week of football. So how are you doing? <laughs> a dizzy week it was, but a lot of confirmations. We got the league titles in Portugal, France, Spain was confirmed, but at relegations mm -hmm. too. I, I saw that you were hinting. We got confirmations that in the Premier League, Southampton... Yep. Leeds and Leicester are the three teams relegated. But we sure have a story mm. with Luton. But people, do not forget to like episode 107 to see more podcasts just like this. And I want to start by yep. saying, Haaland did it. Haaland won the best youngster and the best player of the Premier League. Totally deserved. Yep. And the other, the other two players that did this was Gareth Bale and Christian Ronaldo. Imagine... This front three, okay, of the winners of the best player of the, and best youngster, <laughs> like with Bale, Ronaldo, yeah. and Haaland. Imagine this front trio. It would be one of the greatest front trios ever. And only these players yeah. have won the, the best player and the best youngster in a season. Elite. That's like a that's like a all hair attack too. I mean, my Ooh. goodness, between uh, those three, you got some of the best hair on the planet. No. <laughs> Um, listen, Erling Holland, like you said, deserved absolutely everything coming to him, and he's going to get more awards coming his way. Uh, we know that for sure. Um, but I am just so in awe mm. at how he has leveled up at every place that he has gone, gotten stronger, gotten mentally stronger, has had less, um, portions of games where he's disappeared. I mean, the, the goals and the tallies and the awards obviously all come to it, but this kid this kid, because let's remember, you know, he's still 22. Um, he is a master, kind of like Ronaldo, in always wanting to refine himself, to make himself better. And I think that's kind of a, a thing that I'm looking at and I'm going, what does he do next? Like, what's next? Well, Champions League finals next. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But beyond that, what can Erling Holland do in his career? And uh, it's just absolutely scary. So... Happy that the Prem finally did it and said both Premier League player and uh, Young Player of the Year. It's not like a, here's a participation award. This man deserved it, and and what an absolute season uh, from Erling Holland. It's Unbelievable. Fuck, fuck, and Erling Holland in his first season had a major impact on Man City that people are mm. stating. People are stating that is the best. Premier League team they've ever seen. And I completely understand mm. why they're putting Man City in this discussion. And Erling Haaland is the key factor for all this happening. Kevin De Bruyne too, what a season has been having. And Erling ha yeah. Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne, in my opinion, are the boldest duo in the last decade in the Premier League. Yes, Kane and Saad were special, yeah. but De, De Bruyne and Haaland have the trophies and the goals to match their greatness. What a season from both. And it's true, once again, yeah. I'll state it. Man City 
have the opportunity next to Man United to be the only English team to have a European treble. And I really believe their toughest matchup will be Man United. That they're looking strong with big boy Casemiro. What a leader he is. I wanted to mention this too. Casemiro, sure. the mentality that he's brought, he is the best signing of Man United this season. And he has changed the culture of the club next to Eric Ten Hag. That will be a big game, the FA Cup final. Huge. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's still, it's absolutely shocking to me. I don't know if we've gotten this on a podcast, but I'm sure you've heard it by all the outlets. Mm. This Manchester City, this all-Manchester final, right, of the FA Cup, June 3rd, is somehow the first time we've seen Manchester United, Manchester City face each other in an FA Cup final. Right? That's pretty impressive, uh, if you think about it. But it also gives you a brief glimpse into how, in the scope of football, how long the FA Cup uh, has been around, and, and how short of a time that Manchester City has been as dominant as they have been. Uh, in, in our lifetimes, Manchester City, I don't know of a, of a non-dominant Manchester City. Uh, but uh, it is amazing to me. Uh, so you actually think Manchester United has a chance in this one, huh? I really do. I really do. And for me, man, you, it's, it's, it's incredible, right, when you have both options for striker, Martial and Weghorst. What a, yeah. what a season <laughs> Eric Ten Hag has done at Man United. Eric Ten Hag needs, it's required and demanded, okay? Like, he should demand to the board. Give me a striker. It's unbelievable yep. how Man United are landing Champions League football. They're winning a League yep. Cup. They're in an FA Cup final. And both their options for strikers, Anthony Martial and Vekhorst. That can yep. happen. It simply can happen. They have to break the bank for a striker this summer, Man United. Gosal Remsch, Harry Kane. It has to be. Or Victor Rosime. That will be more than $130 million to convince Napoli. But Man United have to go bold this summer. It just has to happen. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. I mean, we're, we're pretty close to seeing McTominay up top. So uh, oh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Another thing. No, You're reminding I'm me, Bretton. It's yes. Man United need another striker. And they need mm -hmm. to finally have a replacement CDM if Casemiro ain't playing. We know he can get a suspension here and there. And they need some yep. backup. I, I thought James Gardner was going to be that player, but since he's not, sign a player. Sign a player to make that happen. I have to mention that. I have to mention that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I'm with you. And I, I do have to say, late in this season, I have liked a whole lot more what I've been seeing from Jaden Sancho. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. And that, that's another developmental piece that if Ten Hag can unlock him and bring back, you know, I don't know, bring in a striker that has had the same chemistry that Sancho had with Holland uh, at Dortmund. It, it could get it could get pretty interesting um, at United. But I am I mean, hey, trajectory is up. I understand. I mean, kind of like Grealish before him, it's taken him a little bit longer. But with that price tag comes a whole lot of expectation. And listen, he hit his bottom in the sense of uh, being left out of training. And now um, I think Jaden Sancho with a full summer under his belt, a little ton hot uh, ton ten hog ball in his head for the summer. Um, could do him wonders, uh, and and I think uh, he's he's going to have himself a very very big 2023-2024 uh, season. I, I like that prediction, Bretton. I'm going to match you with that, and I'll say these four Man United wingers for next season. It's going to be very exciting mm -hmm. to watch. 
Rashford and Sancho. Sancho picking up late stages agreed. And Amadia Diallo back from loan. And Garnacho having the time now to prove himself as a starter for next season. That can happen too because Garnacho, when he comes on, the bags of pace, the intensity, yeah. he makes a change in the game. And if he manages to be that key player in the Champions League and in the Premier League next season, that's a star in the making. Only 18 now. It is. Only 18 now, Garnacho. Yeah. But again, big summer ahead for Man United. Big summer. Big summer ahead for Man United. But here we are talking about the fourth place team in the Premier League and skipping over wildly <laughs> the third place team. Um, and a second place team for that matter. And there's two shout outs that happened on the final weekend that I, that I have to throw out there. Um, Granit Xhaka scores a brace, right? On his final day for Arsenal scores a brace against Wolves. Um, and it's very clear that he likely is not likely, uh, is pretty much definitely going to be signing for Leverkusen, yes. uh, in the coming days, even though Arteta has been relatively mum on commenting on it. Uh, but that is a guy uh, that I'm, I'll be sad to see him leave the Premier League uh, for better and for worse because we saw him at his worst. Um, and this year, I think we got much closer to what was his best when it comes to leadership, when it comes to the expectation that Arsenal had uh, fans had for him. Uh, he was toned down and he was pretty much always focused uh, when it came to it. So uh, I'll be watching shock at Leverkusen. But then in third place... Mm -hmm. Third place, I, I have to mention this guy before I forget to, uh, because we get really deep into things here. What Joe Linton has done at Newcastle does not get enough credit. It does not get enough credit. This man, uh, this man has gone from worst to first in Newcastle fans' eyes, right? He struggled when he came to Newcastle. He came in a pretty, you know, previous to new ownership, pretty high price tag uh, he joined Newcastle in, and he was pretty much a waste of space for a long period of time. True. I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, we might even remember that there was a time that uh, Bretton Bonnet here, yes, I'm talking about myself in the, uh, I don't know what person that is, uh, called for Newcastle to potentially get relegated, and Joe Linton was right in right in the crosshairs of that ire of me of me saying that and here he is uh revolutionized it happened before eddie howe came in but but eddie howe has accentuated it and turned it into something that is palpable that is something that uh newcastle can actually trust upon mm -hmm. that joe linton will be there and and his transformation does not get enough credit even though people talk about it they generally talk about it in passing mm -hmm. i think beyond bruno beyond almiron which is pretty impressive in and of itself beyond that defense Joe Linton is just as amazing of a story coming out of St. James Park um, as any one of those. Right on par with them. Because if he if his transformation did not happen, mm. they we wouldn't be talking about Champions League football uh, for Newcastle United this season. That's bold. That's a bold claim. I think he was very important, but that's bold, yeah. Brutton. <laughs> I think Brungi Marenc was that was that player. Of course. But I understand. Good reference because he changed position. And Eddie Howe made a great, great showing of his talent as a manager. But all of this gets rewarded at his age, right, Joe it's Linton? True. He's not that old, but he will be on the plane with Bruno. Mm -hmm. uh, he has been called up for the first time to mm -hmm. the Brazilian national team, Joe Linton. So, um, yeah, I get it's for friendlies and stuff like uh, that. But uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm happy to see it. And I, I really, 
Uh, I really hope he's got, uh, you know, a, a big future with Newcastle ahead and, and that he doesn't get snuffed out by uh, likely what's going to be quite a few signings for Newcastle Ooh, United. That's true. Because um, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Howe has been very, very straightforward saying that they have overperformed the season. Overperformed. <laughs> beyond his wildest expectations, beyond the money they spent, Newcastle United to Eddie Howe. Mm-hmm. has overperformed well, so we'll see they did because now eddie howe knows he can't drop his game now it's champions league or True. bust okay now he knows that newcastle are about to spend big big money but i just want to refer refer with arsenal arsenal yeah. like this is key news for me bukayo saka is going mm-hmm. to extend at arsenal not going to man city not going to any other European giant, he's staying at Arsenal, and he believes in this project with Arteta. An Arsenal legend in the making, in my opinion. And Bukayo Saka, this is a mad stat. He's featured in the last 80, 80 games in the Premier League of Arsenal. Every single game consecutively. Bukayo Saka. No injuries. That is a star boy. And he knows what what to do with his body. Very, very well-conditioned player. That's a great highlight. Not like Martinelli. That Martinelli, yes, he did. He scored 15 goals in the Prem, and he matched Firmino's record. Okay, for a Brazilian player to score uh, a top wow. goal scorer in one season. Okay, but I believe he'll be breaking that record soon. And you referenced Shaka too. Shaka, farewell. Yeah. But Shaka, in my opinion, was one of the reasons why they didn't in the late stages right. surpass Man City. They should have yeah. signed a Moises Caicedo in January. Break the bank for a player like that. But that is my yeah. opinion. And let's see this summer that I highly believe someone. Ars- I highly believe Arteta and Arsenal will not go to, to this summer just to sign one midfielder. At least two. At least two. TLMF for free would be bold. Declan Rice. Yes. Mason Mount. These Caicedo. These are the names that they have to bring in in order to win a Premier League title. In my opinion. In my opinion. Because Newcastle. (laughs) This is a big summer. Big window ahead, like Eddie Howe said. 18 months he started. And now they're going to spend the big money. I'm going to say this. This is a bold prediction. And I think this will be the most exciting, most exciting transfer window we'll ever witness this summer. Chelsea going bold, PSG rebuild, Newcastle, they're going to spend big, City, United, Arsenal, every top team in the Prem will spend big, Juve, I want to see what's going to happen with them too, so a lot of high expectations, and Real getting Jude Bellingham even. Yeah, well, you know, there's all this expectation you're saying in terms of uh, money thrown around like Todd Bowley, except if we have five or six Todd Bowleys in the Premier League, um, I, I know the world economy is talking about inflation right now. Mm. Uh, wait until world football sees inflation in extra high gear. We've already seen it in high gear this past season. Um, if we really do continue on this path and these bidding wars get out of control, I'm a little worried to see what these sums of money are going to be for players that really wind up having not Whoa. the expected outcome uh, for the money spent. And I get that that's part and parcel, but it feels like it's going up like in a absolutely ridiculous exponential fashion um to where guys that chip in five goals and six assists in a season are now worth 75 million 80 million and if it happens i I wonder i mean if newcastle spends 
right? Dramatically. If uh, if City spends dramatically. If Chelsea continues to spend dramatically. Can Arsenal keep up? Can they keep up with they this? They need to. Cronkies need to keep up because Arsenal it's... have a legacy to their name. And that's what is needed. And I see it's the most exciting yeah. transfer window coming. Not just because of the money. It's because Neymar's mm. going to leave. Messi's going to leave. Yeah. Joe Felix is going to leave. Harry Kane's even going to leave. Even Declan Royce will leave West Ham. And Jude Bellingham is going to leave too. There's a lot of key pieces in football that are going to change places. And that's why I'm really, really excited to see this transfer window in the coming. And I'm expecting it to be one of the best ever. But keeping to right. Newcastle, these are the yeah. players. I, If I were Newcastle, the players mm -hmm. I would definitely... Definitely sign, okay, would be that's if Sergei Milinkovic Savic. If Newcastle gets yeah. Sergei Milinkovic Savic for under 50 million, that will be one of the biggest bargains the last decade. This midfielder can do it all, and one of the most underrated players I've ever seen in Serie A. Definitely, yeah. definitely. A yeah. Serbian legend in the making can score, can defend, can do the right pass, can read the game well. Physically strong. There's not one thing Milinkovic Savic doesn't do. So Newcastle getting him, oi, oh, like that would yeah. be the start of the great, great midfield. Sergei Milinkovic Savic, Brun Guimarães, and you mentioned Joelinton highly. That would be a bold physical midfield. Not easy to beat. Be. Not easy to no. beat. And the other no, players, no. I think mm -hmm. cam wise, there's two mm -hmm. solid options for Newcastle that I see in the news. Dominic Shabazzai and James Madison mm -hmm. that I think they can get on a cheap since Leicester got relegated. Both these Ooh. players would be extraordinary signings in my opinion. I would go Shabazzai, Hungary legend in the making, but Madison would be very, very solid for Newcastle too. And Winger, this uh, is my last, my last, my last uh, transfer choices oh, okay. for Newcastle yeah, and yep. Winger have Musa Diaby. And Eze from Crystal Palace. If they sign any of these two players, that would be a big statement. But again, I, I, like the best transfer window would be getting, in my opinion, for Newcastle. Dominic Shabozlai, Sergei Milinkovic, Savic, and Musa Diaby. And if they can't sign Dominic Shabozlai or Diaby, Eze or James Madison staying in the Premier League. That would be a bold okay. window just to solve the midfield, in my opinion. And the winger. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pour a little cold water on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna limit it down for you. And I'm gonna say only go after Milinkovic Savic and Musa Diaby. Here's why. Every other person you just mentioned there mm. is ridiculously injury prone. Ridiculously injury prone. Sobislai uh has had his best form late in this season with Leipzig. I'll give you that, right? But he has also been out for a long period of time. Mm. Um, and I, I, I hope that that does not continue. And James Madison, we know the trials. And part of the reason why Leicester City um, are going down this year is because Madison has not been um, healthy the majority of the season. Mm. Uh, so I, it is the end of an era there. Um, but I don't think Leicester City is just going to let them go because they're going down uh, for cheap. But yeah, they're going to run out of, uh, obviously, bargaining chips here. So I love all those shouts. I really do. Um, I'd like to throw Christian Pulisic in there somewhere if you're looking for a winger, but that's another injury-prone gentleman um, that, that's going to have to find a new place, like, extra soon. Extra soon. And I know Newcastle has been uh, referenced in the past, but Musa Diaby has been nothing but a lightning bolt, a consistent lightning bolt for Bayer Leverkusen since he left um, and from since he left PSG. Um, and on top of that, uh, Milinkovic Savic, as you've already mentioned, 
I think he he has had a relatively subpar year, believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, compared to other years for Lazio. But he has Lazio, along with Maurizio Sarri, uh, he has Lazio in the Champions League. He's got them in the Champions League and ready to compete, and that's a big deal for Lazio. It's it's been uh, I don't know I don't know how long it's been, but it feels like it's been a while since they've been in Champions League football. Um, and Milinkovic Savic, the only place he hasn't yet shown up mm-hmm. consistently is Serbia, and their hmm. All Star roster generally of phenomenally sound, beautiful players uh, that just have not put together their uh, you know except the first. <laughs> Except to frustrate Portugal. They have not put together their power for good uh, in the World Cup. Uh, but listen, Newcastle's definitely going to be one to watch. And, and I think it's going to be absolutely, to use the word again, dizzying to see all the transfer targets that they um, throw out there. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, and I think we alluded to this, do you feel like, um, like yeah, the, 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 the purse strings are going to get finally like opened, like we're done you know, doing a little bit of a step here. Now we're going to open and we're going to spend a lot of money because uh, we've got Champions League football because we have to. Yep. Or do you think that they're going to still co-opt that incremental approach where they spend quite a bit here? Because remember, they spent 40, 40 on Gordon. They spent 70 on Izak, who's been great, but has he hit the 70 million? I don't know yet. Potential, um, yes. Potential, yes. He's, okay. he's got more than 10 goals. A lot of strikers yeah. are now going for more than a hundred million with his age, so for the mm-hmm. risk, for the output he's had already, I I I understand the seventy, but I understand if you if you think that's overpriced too. But long term, yeah. that can be the case. Yeah. But this season, Newcastle yeah. didn't lose one game, one game to a London team in the Premier League, and that is mad mm-hmm. to consider how soon Eddie Howe like has has been the manager of Newcastle too. Just wanted to mention yeah. that. And another name I see, Newcastle is competing with Man United to get Min Jae Kim from Napoli. There is a right. release clause of $65 million to get Min Jae Kim. And <laughs> if Newcastle sign Min Jae Kim and Sergei Milinkovic from the Serie A, those would be two ridiculous signings with top scouting being shown once again by the top at Newcastle. That has to be mentioned. I wanted to say that. Like, that's... And, and- Great deals. And all this makes me wonder how Luton Town hmm. even has a chance in the Premier League. <laughs> um, but but you mentioned, listen, you mentioned obviously Eddie Howe, right, mm-hmm. is at the the forefront of all of this. And Eddie Howe was a big reason why Bournemouth mm-hmm. uh, made its way to the Premier League. And Bournemouth didn't quite have a similar trajectory to the Premier League, but Luton Town, Luton Town's story will be put in folklore probably alongside. Uh, they're not going to win the Premier League, but alongside Leicester in terms of minnows making their way to the top, um, they literally were in uh, the, the Conference League. League. The National the League. The National Ten League. Nine years, years ago. ago. Ten years Ten ago. Ten years ago. There you go. And they have made their way through uh, to League Two. Uh, they had consecutive promotions from League Two to League One. They spent a bunch of time in the championship, and there they are winning the $200 million promotion playoff final in front of 88,000 fans at the Wembley or at Wembley uh, on, on penalty kicks with an American goalkeeper in goal. Um, and they will, with their 10,000 person stadium, Luton Town will be a Premier League. Uh, team next year alongside uh you know two teams we've seen there before so it is it is immensely insane to me 
as an American watching promotion relegation. These are the stories that you you just love European football for. This is the, these are the stories that you get obsessed with, right? Because they're the the um, the bootstrap, the the you know plug it away since 1885, right? L- mm-hmm. Luton Town uh, finding their way back to the top, and guess what? Doing it without a sugar daddy, doing it without somebody bankrolling them to the tune of 300, 400 million, doing it without you know Ryan Reynolds coming out of the woodwork. Nothing against the Wrexham story. Uh, to to get them out of the conference league, uh, Luton Town has been there. They've done it, and in fact, Luton Town were the I think the sixth smallest wage bill in the championship. Whoa. So I don't know I don't know what that means for Luton Town in the Premier League. It's either going to be Sunderland like bad in the Premier League, or it is going to be a story that keeps on giving. Uh, but what an absolute story that I wanted to make sure we mentioned before we mentioned the really sad stuff. That this is why promotion relegation at some point needs to find its way into American soccer, American football here, uh, because these types of stories make every fixture count. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love, I, I eat it up. It's, it's so cool. The narratives. Luton, so cool. that was a special game beating Coventry. Both teams yeah. five years ago we're in League Two, the fourth division. Yes. <laughs> Both teams that Amazing. were in the final in the Wembley. But Luton, yeah. like Luton yeah. has one of the most bizarre away ends ever in the history of football. And we are going to see it in the Premier League. Look at the images. People will have to go through the garage of a house. It's mad yeah. that Luton is in the yeah. Premier League. And there's a player, Mpanzu, has gone from yes. non-league football to Premier League football in the space of 10 years. Promotion to yep. League One, promotion no to League Two, then League One, promotion to Championship, and now to the Premier League. Like unreal career in the space of ten years. Yep. Like that yeah, is still only. Yeah, he was. He was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this right. I remember the name. His name. I remember his name as a non-league pickup back when I was playing football manager left and right. Right. He was the guy that you could pick up in the conference league pretty cheap or whatever, because he was let go by West Ham and he was let go back in 2013. And he is, as you just mentioned, I think Mm -hmm. the only player ever with the same team to trek all the way up from the non-league all the way up to the Premier League. And I hope he gets his uh, his his day in the sun uh, walking out at Old Trafford or walking out at the Emirates or wherever, or you know what, walking out at Kenilworth Park, <laughs> right? Luton Towns and, um, and and get ready to face off because my goodness, Peli, Peli Ruddock Mpanzo is his name. He's only 29 and um, let go by West Ham and he creates this story, um, which it, it, it's unlikely we'll ever see this story again. Um, but in 10 years, the other thing that happened, the other thing that happened in this game that is just so insane, hmm. 20 minutes in, their captain, Luton Town's captain, right? He collapses on the pitch. He collapses. He faints. Okay? He gets sent to the hospital. Right? I mean, what's that got to do to your mindset when you're playing in front of 80,000 fans when you normally play in front of 10,000 fans? Right? What's that got to do to your mindset uh, when you're in the promotion playoff final? Um, and after the game, there was a video circulating of him celebrating with his family, Tom Lockyer, uh, him celebrating with his family at the hospital, uh, their promotion. Um, and when Rob Edwards, their coach, Luton Town's coach saw that he was, he just like lost it on the field, uh, when he was getting interviewed. So just such a cool, cool story. And one that obviously plays in contrast 
to Leeds and Leicester City and Southampton uh, going down, but is also synonymous with Everton staying up and what it means to that fan base. So you can't, every fixture matters in the Premier League. Every fixture matters in European football. And that in and of itself makes me a bigger fan every year, every year, every year of world football. It's so cool. It's, that's it. It's a very interesting story with Lutzinto. Definitely. And yeah. to see in the Premier League, that will be interesting too. And I've got some here, some mm -hmm. facts I want to say with the Premier League ending on my side. First things first, yes. Kane. Kane has scored 30 plus goals in the Premier League in two seasons. The first player to do that. And in both, he didn't win yeah. the Golden Boot. He lost to Erling Haaland and Mo Salah. That is mad. Just leave Tottenham, Kane. Come on. This summer has to be it. And what I got to say is Liverpool too. Liverpool, that was dramatic, that 4-4 game against Southampton. Last <laughs> game. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. War prowls involved. No. Love you. Even Livermento coming off the bench. I like to see that. But so Tom many Aldean. goals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kamaldin Suleimana played really well. That's Finally. <laughs> Finally. But, but this will his be... First, his first two goals. Yeah. No, it's Sorry. Just, it's, no, but a great player coming from Ren. Yep. Doku, Kamaldin mm -hmm. Suleimana, two wingers to watch. I love yep. how you're referencing that. But Klopp... This is his first full season that he hasn't qualified for the Champions League. And don't hate on Klopp. No midfield. He had no midfield a lot of the season. Thiago Alcantara, Fabinho, Henderson, Naby Keita. Nobody was looking good. Basetic had to go bold. So give a break to Jurgen Klopp. Klopp, that is the only manager to beat Man City in the last six years and the only manager to beat Bayern Munich the last 12 years. So give this mm -hmm. man a break, okay? He does, doesn't deserve the hate. And let's see with McAllister and with more midfielders there. I wanted to reference that. But I've hinted it. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, yeah you but hinted this, it. Just last thing in the Prem, Pochettino's confirmed yep. too. Pochettino's mm. finally confirmed as the Chelsea's new manager. I wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, and I know, oh my gosh. It's, First step is going to be... Mm. offloading that roster I, I don't i don't know how he's going to do it i don't know how he's going to go about it um but it, it is also it also comes with the realization i think todd Bowley has actually said that he will be stepping back from any footballing decisions mm -hmm. which i think uh most people will be genuinely happy about uh <laughs> at this moment in time but listen it's a way forward uh, it's a way forward that um, I don't necessarily think is going to provide immediate dividends. Uh, but um, hey, I I think Chelsea's going to do a whole lot better uh, than they did this season. Next season, how's that for like the world's easiest prediction? Um, because <laughs> I think fun. they wound up this season. Was it was it seventeen losses? Sixteen oh, losses? Seventeen losses? Gosh. I mean, a absolutely insane amount of losses when you think about piecemeal how much talent is on that roster mm -hmm. okay i'm not ready to relegate mikhailo mudrick down to terrible no. i'm not ready to relegate a lot of these names down to terrible no piecemeal when you break them all apart they look like they could be good pieces in the future yeah. i still blame the operator i blame Bowley uh for making this mess and if po if pochettino uh can wade through it with the help of this uh this mm -hmm. cast this front office cast um chelsea can go a type of worst to first, maybe not first, but worst to Champions League football again uh, next season. And um, I I'm just going to put you on the spot right now. Mm. Will Chelsea be a Champions League 
team at the end of next season. If they sign a, a striker to play next to Nkunku and a midfielder that is world-class next to Enzo, I can see that yeah. happen. I can see that okay. happen. If so they Ugart, do just that. Ugart. Ugart and Enzo would be a very interesting duo for the midfield of Chelsea. Most definitely. Yeah. They know each other yeah. and they would be yeah. ruthless. Not Primera Liga yeah. bias. I've seen both and they can go both in the Premier League. They would they would dominate. Yeah. I, I like that, how yeah. you're mentioning that. <laughs> and Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva was awarded mm -hmm. Chelsea's best player at the age of 38. Like, like this man is class and one of the best center backs in the last decade in football. Wanted to mention that. And if we missed anything yeah, well, in the Premier League, please put down below people, okay? Well, because we're going to be mentioning Bundesliga, no? <laughs> we, we are going to be mentioning Bundesliga. And uh, if we want to talk about um, bungling it, then that's definitely where you need to start. Uh, because on the last day... Um, I, I honestly, I, you know, anytime I get excited for a fixture, mm -hmm. anytime I get excited for a game, I, I am kryptonite. I absolutely am kryptonite. I am not necessarily like a Dortmund fan fan, but I, uh, my wife had to actually mention this to me. She said, you know, um, any, anytime you root for a team or you actively say, I want to sit down and watch this game, they wind up not doing so hot. <laughs> and there you go. Dortmund down two zip in the first 20 minutes shooting themselves in the foot, digging themselves a hole that we all knew that they weren't really going to get out of. And yet, it almost happened. It almost mm. happened. But there was Jamal Muziala to make sure that Bayern Munich win their 11th in a row. Um, history. Oh, my That's gosh. That's history. It's just history. I love it. Is. Dortmund have officially have the biggest bottle job ever in the history of football. It's... They depended just mm. on themselves. Just on themselves. Yeah. Jude Bellingham on the bench, injured. I felt sorry for Jude Bellingham because he couldn't do anything. He only could support <laughs> the team. Like, that was so sad to see. So sad to it see. Was. And, like, but, uh, heartbreaking. Reus. It, Reus has never won a Bundesliga title. And this was the best chance. It's just heartbreaking but, to see. Bellingham now going to but, Real Madrid. <laughs> But, but yeah, but like, but start Royce from the get go. I didn't understand Aiden Terzic's uh, thought process behind that. Like Jude Bellingham being on the bench when he was injured, fine. Have him there in plain clothes. Why? Why actually take up a roster spot if you're not even going to throw him into the fray? You're convincing people that he's healthy enough to play when you actually have him dressed and you have him warming up on the sideline. The hell was that? And on top of that, you you but. Still, on top of that, the the three spark plugs that you use, you got Adeyemi going out. Everyone else just did not show up. All those guys that we talked about that contributed to Dortmund's rise to the top over re recently, and obviously Bayern contributed to their own, you know, second place demise or hole that they were in leading up to the final match day. Adeyemi injured and was not showing up to begin with. Danielle Malin completely absent. Uh, Sebastian Haller missed multiple chances when he honestly could have put this thing on ice or got them back into it. In the end, Aiden Terzic turned to who? Hmm. He turned to a 20-year-old Gio Reyna to provide a spark, who he did. A 17-year-old Julian Duran Duranvale, uh, 17? Yeah. Yep. A winger who provided a lot of the service late in the game that led to some of the most dangerous chances. Uh, and then, you know, Mukoko, who did who did relatively well. 
um, who's only 18 years old. So I just don't understand what Terzik was trying to do. Um, I, I'm I'm at a loss. It's I'm at a loss. And for many for many people, you you almost could feel that they had lost it before it even started. Mm -hmm. right it, it, that's kind of what it looked like it's like so how is Dortmund going to bottle at this time because guess what over this 11 year ridiculous reign of terror of Bayern Munich on the Bundesliga Dortmund have finished second seven times hey seven times that's a mad stuff seven times with two chill manager uh. Marco Rose there oh yeah. Terzic now being one of the managers that is mad the club actually it made it Happen. And Bayern Munich have won their 11th Bundesliga in a row. The 12th Bundesliga of Thomas Müller. No player in the Bundesliga has won more than this man. Football heritage in the making. And Jamal Musiala, you referred to him. Jamal Musiala's hero goal was an iconic moment for this youngster. His goal was the one that made them win the Bundesliga. And he's got 12 goals and 10 assists this season in the Bundesliga. Double digits in both goal involvements. Insane stats yeah. and generational talent. They gotta keep him. They gotta keep him. Bayern Munich have to extend Jamal Musiala. If Muller is leaving, if Kimmich is leaving, if Alfonso Davies yeah. may be leaving, keep Musiala. Desperately have to get that. And sign players like Wirtz and other players like Fring Pong and other. And the league was good. The league was good. But uh, another yeah. mention too is like common. Kingsley Common has won yeah, the league every single season he has played football. That, like, how? 12 league titles. The same number as Messi. Messi yeah. in league titles. And Muller, too. Common. Yeah. I, how can he make this happen? Insane in, in, stat. What is this? In three different, in three different countries too. <laughs> in three different countries. Uh, no, I mean his his skill set is uh, is always going to be wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and he played a big part. Gnabry uh, played a huge part in this win for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but this this was not this was not this was not Bayern Munich. <laughs> uh, this was this was Dortmund's bottle job, and they better own it. Uh, because this was a bizarre season in the Bundesliga. It really was. It was a, it, immensely bizarre. We are normally looking at Lewandowski going after Holland um, when it comes to the, the Bundesliga Golden Boot. Golden Boot. Yes. This season, Christo Nkunku spent two months on the, you know, in the physio, and uh, he still wound up with a share of the Golden Boot with a guy named Nicholas Fulkrug, um, who, who uh, I think it was 16 goals 16 compared goals to what both. we normally see in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so you had it's, Dortmund, who I don't think had anybody in double digits the whole season. It's uh, factual, factual, because Haller too. Haller too was injured yeah. big time, but that is really well pointed out. True. Edin Terzic managed to take the best out of the Dortmund team, sharing the goals yeah. with Mukoko, Malin, and all the players you mentioned. But mentioning Golden but, Boots, and Kunku yeah. and Falkrook win the Golden Boot with 16 goals, but <laughs> Erling Haaland had 17 goals in October in the Premier League! In the Premier yeah. League! That is mad that there's no finishers in the Bundesliga. The biggest change in the Bundesliga was last season you had Haaland and Lewandowski. Mm -hmm. Lewandowski had 35 goals! 35 yep. goals for Bayern in the Bundesliga. This season, no player has even more than 20. More than 20. Yep. That's the biggest game change. <laughs> biggest game change. Barely even, 
Barely even over 15, man. We're, we're closer to 15 than we are 20, and you're rounding up because, uh, man, it was a bizarre season. Um, but it was a season for the playmakers, I guess you could say. Uh, Kolo Muani broke out. Um, well, you know, uh, obviously, Jamal Musiala took more of a leadership role when it came to Bayern and, mm-hmm. and has taken some lumps along the way, kind of disappearing. Florian Wirtz is back with a vengeance. A lot of the Leverkusen guys that you wanted to see do well have done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guess what? There is no story that I like better <laughs> than what Union Berlin did <laughs> and what Union Berlin did. Yeah, they were on the top of the Bundesliga at some point. Mm-hmm. We all felt that there'd be a regression to the mean because I guarantee you, if I put people out there that watch Bundesliga football or people out there that swear that they're world football fans and mm-hmm. watch every league, very few of them could name maybe two players on Union Berlin because they're not a team of superstars. They're a team of team. They mm-hmm. are all team and i this trajectory is absolutely insane it will be their first champions league campaign ever okay and everyone thought that it was going to be Erta berlin that brought the champions league back to berlin but now it is going to be union berlin who was not even in the bundesliga like five years ago okay they were not even in the bundesliga five years ago and still you know uh jordan pifak was Hot as heck for them at the beginning of the season. He's relegated to a bench role. Now it's Kevin Behrens and Geraldo Becker. Mm-hmm. Uh, their back line is Danilo Doki and, um, uh, you know, a few guys that we've probably seen somewhere else. I know Diogo uh, Leite, didn't he play a role for them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is. it was a team of teams. It was a great effort. They also took advantage of this cannibalization at the top where everybody was just beating up on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Union Berlin will be a Champions League, content, not contending team, but a Champions League team <laughs> next season. And I think if you're going to pick on any team, any narrative to come out of the Bundesliga this season, it is Union Berlin. So good on you. And I, like I love that. to see it. I like that narrative. And my, my, I'm going to yeah. mention my, my narrative and my last Bundesliga topic. It's like Xabi Alonso. I've been talking yeah. about him since he's been appointed. And the truth is Xabi Alonso is one of the best young managers in football right now. If you see the development of Frank Pong, if you see how they play in that 3-4-3 in the Bundesliga, it's absolutely special. Chabi Alonso ball, when he started, Leverkusen was 17th. They've ended yeah. in 6th with Conference League football. They've signed Grimaldo from Benfica, a great left back that will be very interesting in the Bundesliga. And we're going to see Wirtz. Wirtz big time. We're going to see sellings, uh, sells of Frank Pong and Musa Diaby most mm. possibly. But still, I think they can sign great players too with the money and they can have a better team for next season. I believe Leverkusen will be yeah. a top four team with Xabi Alonso next, next season in the Bundesliga. I believe a lot okay. in this man. That is my prediction well, from the start. But if we missed anything with the Bundesliga well, people, put down below. I, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but I, I definitely have to just throw in there... Um, I have to ask you a question before we move on from the Bundesliga, because here's what I'm worried about. Bayern have actually done something, okay? They made a mistake, or Oliver Kahn maybe made this mistake, or Hassan made the mistake. I don't know who made the mistake, but my goodness, did they just pay for it, right? Uh, But Bayern, okay, that was the chance to beat Bayern and and take pry their grubby hands off the trophy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay? And Dortmund bungled it. Do we feel like with Bayern's moves, right? They're moving on. It's now Tuchel and whoever 
in the front office, okay? Mm-hmm. But gone are Oliver Kahn, and gone is uh, Salihamidzovic. Ham- Hamadzevic. Mm-hmm. How, how they, I'm going to mess up his name. Hassan. Gone is their front office that we uh, grew to know, right? Mm-hmm. Legend of Oliver Kahn. Do we feel like Bayern is just consolidating to the point where it's going to be the next 10 years all Bayern Munich? Or do we actually feel like Dortmund or Leverkusen or any of these guys can actually hang in with their spending power, with their draw with this? Because that was the time to knock them off their perch, and it's gone. It's, it's, it's done. And here I am, I'm looking out, and I don't see a way for Bayern Munich to be knocked off this perch. We could go 15 years with Bayern Munich at the top. And you I think it's a sad way. thing for Bundesliga football if that's the chance, you know, if that's the the, um, the possibility. I here. see a way, being honest. Because Leipzig, really? Leipzig beat Bayern Munich before the last sure. fixture. And I see growing teams in the Bundesliga too. I don't think – I think if Müller leaves, if Kimmich leaves, that I, I think it will happen, Bayern Munich are going to have yeah. a tough time because they haven't replaced Lewandowski. And I don't think they yeah. will replace these two players – only if they get Wirtz <laughs> to replace Müller, yeah. literally. But yeah. let's see. Let's see. I think it's – put down below, people. <laughs> Your thoughts. Yeah. Do you think Bayern Munich will be stronger next season? Do you think they will reinforce themselves well this summer? Because that's what mm-hmm. we got to see too. If they're going to make the yeah. right moves to then compete. Because I believe Dortmund will do the right moves. If Jude Bellingham leaves and they're getting Edson Alvarez – I like that move. <laughs> so for forty million for forty yeah. million too. Okay. So that I the yeah, little and, moves and, like that. And I hear that can make. I, I hear you talking about Leipzig too, right? Leipzig could in the future actually have mm-hmm. you know a, a little bit of firepower to get them, but they're selling as well. They're selling in Kunku. They're selling Soba Sly. They're probably going to sell Gavardial potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it just comes down to and Chesco's um, coming. These clubs. <laughs> I think yeah. they'll be better well, offensively Chesco, next Chesco's season. Been, I, that's my prediction. I think Chesco will score more than 20 there. goals in the Bundesliga. I'll put that out next there. Next season? I'll put that out there. Next season, I believe Chesco yeah. can score 20 goals in the Bundesliga. At least I think okay, he'll well, be a top five goal scorer. I'm putting that that's pressure. Huge. Well, that's huge. That but there's, huge. No strip, there's no finishers. Well, <laughs> there's no well, finishers I'll, pro- I'll throw league. one out there. I, I have a feeling there will be an Englishman in the the eleven, not Jamal Musiala in that sense, right? But I have a feeling that uh, Bayern will sign either Declan Rice or Harry Kane what? this off season. What? Yeah. Hey, that would be bold to see an Englishman go to Bayern. <laughs> I'd love that. I'm just thinking. I'd love that, man. Yeah. But people put that not, below. Not since not since Owen Hargraves, right? <laughs> Although he ended up being Canadian. I, I thought you were going to say Bayern Jensen was going to have a bold season. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but well, no, I understand that. I understand that. Okay. But but referring now <coughs> to other leagues, I want to mention my league. Befica mm-hmm. have won the Portuguese league. 38th time they've ever done it. And Roger Schmidt, great job by managing this club the right way, in my yeah. opinion. Roger Schmidt, like Enzo was sold for 120 million. And Befica had to work with what they had. Roger Schmidt yeah. trusts Ronevsch. A youngster that started in Befica B. And please, people, this is one of the best 18-year-old midfielders I've seen in Portugal. Joneves, and he could be going to the Euros next summer for Portugal. He's 18 what? right now. Uh, this is my bold, bold prediction. Like, he's got that mentality, Breton, and the playmaking ability to do so. He's the best midfielder at Benfica right now going forwards next to Arsens too. I wanted to give a special <laughs> shout-out to Arsens. Frederick Arsens yeah. is the most influential player of Benfica. 
this season. He's played at fullback, the adaptability and how he understands Roger Schmidt. This is a special, special player only signed for 15 million. Benfica legend yeah. in the making, in my opinion. So you're, uh, who's your Primera Liga player of the season? Uh, uh, player of the season? At a given point, I was gonna give it. I'll give. I was gonna give it to João Mario, but oh. Arsens is my. I'll I'll yeah. give it to Arsens because Arsens yeah. was Just... really the heartbeat of Benfica, Re- the heartbeat. Yeah. And it saddens me if Gonçalo Ramos scored the penalties. I might be giving mm-hmm. the Gonçalo Ramos the best player of the season, but he did have a bad form uh, at the late stages, and it's completely normal. He can't be scoring consistently at 21, a whole season. That is very hard. His first full season too. But Gonçalo Ramos, people, yeah. please pay attention. One of the best young strikers to watch this summer because he balled out 27 goals for Benfica this season and a hat trick in the in in the World Cup for Portugal. That was special. What happened, Gonçalo yeah. Ramos? You went bold and deservingly have attention. But to see yeah. Benfica celebrate with players made in Seychelles like Florentin Luiz, Antonio Silva, mm-hmm. Samuel Suarez, and the special star boy, João Neves. It just shows that the culture of the team and Rui Costa is doing things the right way. So people, pay attention next season. Pay attention next season to Benfica because it's going to be really good to watch. Really good to watch. In the last 10 seasons in Primera Liga, Benfica have won yeah. the league six times. Porto three and Sporting one. Befica has been dominant. And let's see if it keeps going with Roger Schmidt. Let's see. But 38, Sergio Cossi is my favorite manager. 38 in total? 38 in total? There you go. Well, and that's the crazy thing about Frederick Arsenis um, having such an impact in the Premier Liga um, because he was one of the key departures of Feyenoord, right? Um, mm-hmm. Right? He was Feyenoord. Yeah. yeah and he was they a key departure of Feyenoord. And, and they got Matt Weaver. And uh, yeah, and if... if or Arsenis didn't leave, uh, we wouldn't know the name, and this kid would not have True. Uh, an Aranha call-up. Um, so it, it really, really is. It's amazing how the world keeps turning, um, <laughs> and uh, and how guys just become. Yeah, uh, because Arsenis, I 100% agree with you. He was everywhere for Benfica this season. Uh, but but you're basically telling me that your your initial preliminary. Primera Liga predictions for next season uh, has Benfica on top once again. <laughs> Let's see how Braga. Let's see how Braga goes in the transfer oh, okay. window this summer, man. Right. I'm I'm saying Braga okay. is a special team in the making, and the truth is they end up top three. Sporting are the ones mm. they're going to be fighting with. Maybe Ruben Emery. Let's see if he stays in Tottenham. Don't get him. <laughs> that well, could be the case. But you, I'm mentioning Arsens. I'm mentioning Eredivisie yes. too. And I want to say, yep. in the Eredivisie, we have some special mentions. I at least have one yeah. that I have to. I have yep. to go bold with him. That is Xavi Simmons. Xavi yeah. Simmons. Like, he scored a goal that made every Ajax fan hate him even more. Okay? His mm. goal made Ajax go now. They're not qualifying in the Champions League because of Xavi Simmons' brace. For PSV in this last game, okay? Xavi Simmons this Un- season has 48 ga- games, 22 goals, and 12 assists. Debut season at PSV mm-hmm. and one of the best wonder kids in the world of football. That must be stated and no flaw comments allowed next to Xavi Ch- Simmons anymore. What a season. Not at all. Kid. Not at all, because not only was it his debut season in the Eredivisie year for PSV Eindhoven, this was his debut, essentially, full professional season, Xavi oh. Simmons. And 19 goals in the league, 
eight assists in the league. He is he is a Golden Boot winner. He's going to share it with Duvikas, I think, from uh, FC Utrecht, right? But he is a Golden Boot winner in his first full season, mostly lining up at attacking mid. Right. So uh, him under Ruud von Nisselrooy, uh, th- this is your quick reminder that Shabby Simmons was let go by PSG on a free. <laughs> Just got to throw that out there. It's right? a quick reminder. Um, so I, That's a quick, reminder. quick reminder. Quick reminder, because. Because this this ascent this ascent is just it, it's it's amazing mm-hmm. it really is okay no, nobody I don't think you, you or I could have sat here and defended him and said no he's not a you know he's not going to wind up being maybe a uh, mm-hmm. um, you know an everyday player for the Orana he's not going to wind up being an everyday player necessarily for like a Champions League team mm-hmm. but he's going to have a good career and here he is taking guys that were somewhat positive about him and still wanted to be optimistic about the future of Xavi Simmons and literally saying, yeah, screw you too. Because look at this, 19 goals, eight assists in the Eredivisie, uh, leading them to second place, uh, Champions League football. I mean, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful story, and, and long may it continue. Uh, one other mention in the Eredivisie, mm-hmm. um, there will be, uh, I think Feyenoord is going to go after, and I hope they go after hard, uh, and I hope Arnie Slot stays because it sounds like he is. He's already extended, and I don't think that that's just for a compensation type of thing because I don't know if they do that for coaches. Refuse but Ricardo Pepe, Ricardo Pepe uh, for Feyenoord, make it happen, please. My selfish little USMNT heart needs to see Ricardo Pepe at Feyenoord with proper, proper service, proper support, and I guarantee you, if you're going to make that statement about uh you know double digit goals, I forget who you're going to make the you made the statement uh about. I'm going to make the statement. Oh no, you said Jao Neves uh on the Euros uh mm-hmm. roster. I'm going to make the statement that if Ricardo Pepe goes to Feyenoord, he will break 20 goals in the Eredivisie. Um they just need to get it done. He needs to get out of Augsburg, get out of Groningen and get into Feyenoord um and let this let this kid get service from Bakayoko. Let him get service from that uh, Veerman. Oh my gosh, give it to me. And, I hope it happens. And you're mentioning Weaver, yeah. It's you're mentioning yeah, Ricardo Pepe going to Fire North. And it's mad that a US men's national team yeah. will be the replacement of a play, a player from L3, a Mexican striker, yeah. Santiago Jimenez, that for sure exactly. will be leaving <laughs> the the well. visa. Special players, Xavi Simmons, Fabio Silva went bold, Bakayoko for yep. PSV went bold. Weefer, you mentioned. Koksu, mm-hmm. for me, the best player in the Eredivisie this season. It's worth mm-hmm. the watch, people. Watch Eredivisie and Primera Liga, like we mentioned at the start of this video. And even Swedish League, I want to mention fast. Ugu Larsson, what? one of the best CDMs, yeah. okay, in to get in this market, in my opinion, that's yep. going to Frankfurt, okay? It will be a record sale from a Swedish club for $11.5 mm-hmm. to Frankfurt. Great scouting from Frankfurt to get Hugo Larson. Great passing ability He's worth on it. this kid. He's <laughs> worth it. Exactly. I, I hope it turns out a little bit better than, uh, you know, Viliat Svedberg we had high hopes on. There were quite a few others over the last few seasons. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, Hugo Larson is a great, great, great signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Frankfurt, um, I, I think they wound up – did they wind up short? I think they wound up short with European football. I think uh, they did. So – because Leverkusen pipped it at the end, right? And they were asking um, but, 100 million for Colomani. 
<laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, oh, my gosh. Well, Kola Mwani's French. We can segue that to Lyon. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to... I know you're going to say something about PSG. You're probably going to talk about Leo Messi. Guess what? I'm going to tell you right now. I don't care. Hmm. I want to talk about Lyon, the second-place team. Because five years ago, they were in Liga 2, and they weren't even a factor in the race for promotion in that. Now, we know Long has a history. They have a history of development. They have a history of, you know, in French football, okay? Mm -hmm. But they just consolidated second place. They kept PSG, relatively honest, all the way up until the end. They're going to lose this thing, I think, by four points or five points. But when all is said and done, this club got uh, 20 goals from Lois Openda, okay, the new Belgian striker. Mm -hmm. And on top of that... They will be in Champions League football once again for the first time, and I think in two plus decades. So congratulations to them. We haven't mentioned them too too much, uh, but they've got guys like Florian Sotoka. They've got guys like uh, Facundo Medina, who uh, was in the running, or I think even on the Argentinian roster that won the World Cup. In the midfield, um, they've really got good great player. Fofana in the midfield. Yep, and Ahmed, the the German, uh, German, <laughs> the Ghanaian midfielder as well that has mm -hmm. been, and Seko Fofana, absolutely. So uh, I think, uh, who's their goalkeeper? Bryce Samba is another uh, name that deserves a whole lot of credit this season because Lyon was pretty ruthless. It was pretty ruthless this season, and Lee, um, and Lyon <laughs> was able to actually make their way beyond the Monacos, beyond the Lyons, beyond the, um, beyond the uh, Lille's. Um, and and really give PSG at least a push in the end. Well, um, but it's good to have them back in football when it was three seasons ago, not five. That was Union Berlin. Three seasons ago, they were just winning their promotion back to Lyon. So good to see. That's special. That is, I like that mention with Lyon because yes, there is. They have football heritage in Liga. They're a very decorated <laughs> team and well respected. I like how you're saying, like Lorient, Lyon and Lorient. Great decorated teams in Liga. But you know I'm going to mention PSG. <laughs> because, yes, PSG, back-to-back, -back, Ligue 1 champions. And Mbappe, at the age of 24, has won Ligue 1 six times. Six times. You might see him winning seven or eight times, too. Because <laughs> he's going to stay long-term, I think. I think he'll stay. Because this summer, I think Messi's okay. leaving. I think Neymar's leaving. I think Sergio Ramos is leaving. And it will be very hard to keep Verratti, too, as all the reports are saying. Mm -hmm. So big four leaving at PSG. But Messi, this season, became the most decorated player ever in football with 43 yeah. trophies matching to Dani Elves. And I believe he will be surpassing in the next few years that uh, uh, that's that. It's special, special what Messi has done in football. And yeah, it's, and what, it's, it's just what, great. What was that stat I saw about 496 goals or something? What was that? Mm. That was across the five leagues or something. He's got the most goals across <laughs> the top five leagues. I don't know. It was making its circulation around Twitter. But um, you know, you know, the nicest thing that I saw mm. uh, about P about the PSG kind of win that we all kind of knew was coming. It was the fact that they had Zaire Emery starting. They yeah. had uh Bit Shaibu El Chadai Bit Shaibu their uh their center back, big center back, young center back, I think 18 years old mm -hmm. starting. So they actually had some youth uh on the pitch for it. 
but yeah, there are question marks with PSG moving forward. Now, there's no question marks about how much money that they're going to spend. Manager. But who is going who is going to be manager and how are they going to replace or are they even going to try and replace a Messi, a Neymar? Um, I think more there's the outgoings, but I do see, and this one kind of has me worried. Hopefully mm. he's smarter than this. But I did see that the other name be uh, going after Ugart is actually PSG. And they're going after, they, they have a package out to him because they're already meeting that 60 million release clause. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to it, I hope, hope, hope that Ugart does not wind up at PSG. I, I hope I don't that think that it is would not be bad. for him to Ugart show. and Vitinha? That would be interesting. And if Verratti is leaving, that would be a heavy player leaving. Heritage at PSG especially. They got to get a player like yeah. Ugart. Luis Camps showing his scouting ability right there. Like, and you're, you refer to the big question mark at PSG. Big question mark yeah. at PSG is the manager. And the solution, if they want to win the Champions League in the next year with Mbappé, the best manager choice, in my opinion, I don't care if it's bias, it's Mourinho. It's Mourinho. In the knockout stages, he is the man. And what, what would he want to win at PSG? It's only the Champions League. Ligue 1 wouldn't be enough. And would it be special? Wouldn't it be special? Holland with Guardiola and PSG with Mourinho and Mbappe? The football future? Especially considering if Messi and Neymar is leaving, they need a heavy name. Heavy name. And Mourinho is that heavy name to be talked about. That can make the difference. He could do that. I really believe he could do that. And if Mourinho, I believe this. I believe Mourinho will win the Europa League with Roma. And if he wins back-to-back -back European competitions, last year winning Conference League, this year winning Europa League, and the next being a PSG, being a contender for the Champions League, that would be special to watch. And Mbappe, huh, he wouldn't say nothing with big boss Mourinho. He would be the boss in that locker room, Mourinho, if he was a PSG. And they need a reality check, those PSG players. Something Mourinho would be able to do. I really believe he would be the best choice. I really believe, Bretton. This is... I, well... Yeah. Yeah, I think you are glossing over the fact that AS Roma does need to win that Europa League final. They, they, <laughs> they absolutely have to to ensure Champions League football next they will. season. They right? will. They have to, because as of right now, I believe there's a game in hand and I don't know what's going on, um, you know, as we're filming this, but uh, Roma is teetering on the edge of European football at all no, they when it comes Fiorentina. to Syria. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they lost They lost to Fiorentina. Mm -hmm. So it's whoever's below them. I think it's Atalanta, but Atalanta lost, lost but they have a game Inter in hand too. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, and, you know, that's something to be said. Hey, Serie A fans, or not Serie A fans, Champions League people, if there's any optimism out there of people that might not like Manchester City uh, and they don't want Manchester City to win uh, mm. the Champions League final, all I got to say is Inter Milan is firing on all cylinders. I mean, my <laughs> goodness, Lautaro. I, I forgot that Lautaro Martinez is only 25 years old. Only 25 years old. He's got 37 goal involvements this season. 27 goals. Um, and he is looking so in form um, that, honestly, okay, I still think City's going to win. But Lautaro Martinez and Lukaku, if they're their best version of themselves against Manchester City, this is not going to be an easy game. And Zeku. Um, and, and Zeku. And, 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 and Zeku. <laughs> and Barella. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. 
uh, of Inter right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just been on fire in Serie A. It's just whether or not they can make it translate. Um, it's, this this fine day, June, what is it, June 10th? It's June Inter, 11th, whatever Inter it is. could win a European treble. They won the Supercoppa. They won the Coppa d'Italia mm-hmm. beating Fiorentina. If they win the Champions yeah. League, they have a European treble, something that wasn't done since Mourinho was there. And yeah. Simone Inzaghi, he was going to be sacked at a given point this season. It's absolutely yes, he was. ridiculous <laughs> how this man has gone yeah. up. Simone Inzaghi in his last seven... Hey, Simone Inzaghi in his last seven finals... No, sorry. Simone Inzaghi in his last eight finals, he's won seven. So if he wins the okay. Champions League in his last nine, he wins eight. That would be special stat if that would happen for a manager like Inzaghi that is underrated for many. And the team from top to bottom, I want to mention Onana, Sanyanoglu, Mkhitaryan, Barella, that is a perfect midfielder. Barella's world-class. Bastoni's world-class. Players that love Inter. And Acerbi. Acerbi was one of the best signings last summer. And Lazio. Lazio and Inzaghi player that he was at Lazio with him. I want to say Acerbi has the most minutes played for Inter this season. A veteran, the leader at the back. It is exactly beating cancer twice too. Acerbi and always with Inzaghi. So Inzaghi trusts this player and he only cost Inter 4 million. Masterclass deal. Masterclass deal. What a, hey, yeah, yeah that, you're that mentioning this. Hey, great well, yeah, because it, Inter, uh, Inter, not just with Inzaghi, Inter's been in the press because of the tightness that has been put on what they're spending, mm-hmm. um, right? I mean, there's been a whole lot of like, yeah, no, you're not going to spend this. Um, so they're still able to do it. And I think you once said, and you may have just alluded to it, mm. um, that top to bottom, they have one of the best rosters constructed um, in, in football, or at least in Syria. In Syria. The best team, um, I think so, yeah. But, I, let, but just, as a, just as a quick testament to, to Lautaro's form as of right now, uh, we're talking nine goals, three assists in his last nine games in Syria. Um, so I, I, I do, I do wonder, um, it's a one-off game and it's a one-off game for a reason. Um, and if, if you go in there and Manchester city or Pep or does his overthink thing, which I think he's over that, I think Pep Guardiola is over overthinking. Um, I, I think, you know, Lautaro can make him pay early and that it's just whether or not, um, they can hold on and they do, they do have a solid defense. So, uh, anyway, I was not trying to get into champions league football talk no, considering but... we still got a few weeks off, mm-hmm. but inter bossing their last few months, um, and consolidating a champions league spot for next season, mm-hmm. even though they're finalists, <laughs> um, is, is a pretty impressive, um, way to begin. Uh, so yeah. Uh, some great, great, even though things wound up the way that they normally do, except in Serie A, it was a great league season of football. I mean, Arsenal, Man City, uh, Bayern, uh, Bayern, Borussia Dortmund, Napoli winning for the first time since Maradona. Um, Ligon, okay, PSG always felt like they were going to win, but Lone taking them at least to the end with four or five points. Um, within four or five points. The Eredivisie getting a nice little breath of fresh air with Feyenoord. Um, just a, a lot of fun, fun things, and I hope we can do it again next season. Um, <laughs> It'll be interesting. I liked, I liked Barca winning it, true. And Serie A. Serie yeah. A is becoming oh, more interesting <laughs> with Juve too. Juve losing their yeah. power stance. Like, losing all the points yep. that they have. <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. days. And to see now teams like Milan, 
teams like Fiorentina. Team, let's not mm -hmm. forget, Fiorentina has a player like Amrabat, one of the best players mm -hmm. in the World Cup. He's still there, and he is in a Conference League final for that team. He can do history too. So Calcio is going up, and it might be the third best league in the world in the next few years. So let's see. Could be. Let's see. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a talk that we could have in this case. Yep. But do you have um, any last mentions, Bretton, in the podcast? Yeah, because, you know, we are FC Wonder Kid for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, for those that are uh, infinitely excited about all the football goings-ons, if you're not watching the U20 World Cup because some of the biggest stars aren't there, then come on, shame on you, right? Because <laughs> there are other stars that are certainly making a name for themselves. And I just, you know, just looking at them and looking at the stats... We'll actually tell you quite a bit of the story, but, you know, Italy looks good. Uh, my boys, USA, the U-20s, first time in 17 times in the U-20 World Cup that they have gone, uh, they've won all three group stage games what? and they've not conceded a goal. So you've got guys in that roster, guys like Gaga Slanina is showing up. He's been very good. He was phenomenal in that, that final group stage game against Slovakia. Their defense, Brandon Craig. You've got Jack McGlynn in the midfield, two Philadelphia Union boys. Uh, for uh, Soon-to-be Joshua uh, Winder, soon-to-be a Benfica player. Hmm. Um, and then beyond that, guys that people have been wanting to see for some time, Chelsea signed Cesare Cazade. He is the leading scorer right now in the group stage of the U-20 uh, World Cup. He's got four goals. Um, so many guys that you should be watching there that even though Endrick isn't there, Marcus Leonardo is. Mm -hmm. Marlon Gomez is. Uh, Robert Renan is. Savio is. And they're all going bold. And they're, it's a lot of fun to watch. Gambia, a team that not many people expected to do anything in this mm. U-20 World Cup, has made it already out they beat france they already made it out i don't care if it's a france c team or b team they beat france okay and they are already out of their group um and they will already be in that round of 16 and it's fun to watch you've got ecuadorians like nilson angulo you've got kendry paez becoming the youngest youngest player to ever score in the u20 world cup um fabrizio diaz is going to be part of uh, Benfica or Real Madrid talks in the near future. Um, there are so many names that are starting to come out. So I get that we were bummed that the Endricks of the world were not going to be at this tournament, but the U20 World Cup is always a fun watch and new stars are always born as we've seen. Um, 2005, it was Lionel Messi. Okay. And this time around, um, there are some other names like uh, Federico Redondo is another one. We all know his, uh, his, his dad. Okay, but Federico Redondo uh, has been absolutely central mm -hmm. to Argentina, who really shouldn't even be in this tournament. They're there because they're hosts. Um, but so many great names. So do me a favor. If you're not watching, uh, start watching because the round of 16 will start soon. I didn't even mention any of the English names. I didn't mention any of the other names, but we will mention more as we get into the round of 16. I just needed to make sure we said that. Um, and that's it. That's all I got for you today. <laughs> and if you're listening until now, please do not forget to like this video. Yes, for sure we will be mentioning more players of the Under-20 World Cup. My favorite until now is Casade from Italy. Great signing oh. from Chelsea. Paez and Casade are going bold in the Under-20 World Cup. So Chelsea fans must be hyped up about that, that, that perspective that is happening. Huge. But people, if you're listening until now, do not forget to like episode 107. And thank you, thank you for going bold another week.
Thank you, people.